Welcome to the Kalos Church Podcast. We're so honored that you're joining us today. The word Kalos is a poorly pronounced Greek word that means beautiful. And we believe here at Kalos that the words and the ways of Jesus are very beautiful. That's why each week we're bringing content to make known that beauty. So let's go ahead and jump right in to this last Sunday's sermon. Well, if it's okay with you all, today I want to talk about, and it's okay if it's not okay with you, it's okay if you have an issue with this, it's okay if you have a problem with it, but if I could have your permission, because I don't want to move forward without your permission, if I could, I want to talk about being a people pleaser. Is that okay with you? Is it okay? I'm going to talk about being a people pleaser. I hope that doesn't hurt your feelings or any, like, anything like that, okay? All right, I feel, I feel like we're okay. We have con- consensus. We have quorum here. So we're, I'm going to move on with the sermon. And if you're a people pleaser, you probably relate to this quote from Michael Scott from the show The Office. Yeah. He says, do I need to be liked? Absolutely not. I like to be liked. I enjoy being liked. I have to be liked, but it's not like this compulsive need to be liked, like my need to be praised. (laughs) You know, in the book of Proverbs, there's a warning that says, fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting in the Lord means safety. And today I want to share a message called, people pleasing is a trap. Let me give you an example. When Amritha and I first got married, she's from Kansas, and one of her friends said, I want to meet your new husband, Pradeepan. I know he grew up in a Sri Lankan family, eating rice and curry. Anybody know what I'm talking about in the house of God? Just eating that sweet, sweet spice. And I, I want to make him feel home here in the Midwest, and so let's have you over. I'm going to make you some food. And this Midwest family decided to make rice and curry for me. I was like, Lord, help me. They wanted to please me. They wanted me to enjoy this time. And so I have this meal, and they're looking at me. Mmm. Do you like it? Mmm. And I I take a bite with a spoon, not even my hands. And uh, did it have spice? No. Did it have flavor? Not really. Did I feel the pain of all of my ancestors in each bite? Yes. Why would they make me the food that my family specializes in? As a Midwest family, I don't know. It's because they were trying to please me. And I want to let you know, that was a trap that we all fell in. But did I want to disappoint them either? So they asked me, hey, do you like it? And I was like, mmm, <laughs> yummy, mashisoyo, oishi, delicioso. For some reason, it's just easier lying in a different language. <laughs> and I began to people please them. 
So they're trying to please me and failing. I'm trying to please them. They know I'm lying. <laughs> it was just a trap. Do I have any people pleasers here? Where you get a you get a bad haircut, but you won't tell the barber or the stylist. You're like, this is the best haircut of my life, and then you plan another appointment just because you don't want to make them uncomfortable. Who knows what I'm talking about? This is a safe place here, and I believe that people pleasing is a trap. And uh, how do we know if we're people pleasers? Here's some signs you might be a people pleaser. You uh, over apologize. You can't say no. You seem to agree everybody you're with at the time. You change to accommodate others. You're uncomfortable with conflict. You take responsibility for the emotions of other people. You seek external validation. You don't speak up when you're hurt. Any people pleasers here? I mean, it's a trap. And I think it's a reality. It's something that... We do. I mean, because as children, we had to make sure our parents are comfortable. We have to make sure the people around us are okay. Maybe you've had to keep the peace in your family, or you're trying to keep a job, or you have someone who's always easily offended or easily angered, and so you've become a, a people pleaser just to survive. But here's a, a definition I wrote of people pleasing and something I think is a reality for us. People pleasing means abandoning ourselves so we're not abandoned by others. And so in the attempt to please someone else, we're pleasing everybody but ourselves. And we abandon our likes, our interests, our comforts for the sake of others. We abandon ourselves so we're not abandoned by other people. And so what does God say about this? As we're continuing in the series of Galatians, We're going to go to the second half of Galatians chapter 2. And we're going to be reading through this. And the book is talking about how salvation is a free gift. That God is making a new, brand new, multi-ethnic family that consists of Jews and Gentiles, those who are not Jewish. And yet, there's some people pleasing that enters into the church that almost sabotages the entire faith that we carry Today, And I want to read about that starting in verse 11. But when Peter came to Antioch, this is Paul writing about creating this new family where some people said you had to be circumcised to become a Christian. You had to become like those who follow all the Jewish rituals. And Paul's saying, no, you don't. You just can come to God as you are. You don't have to wash yourself before you get clean by the cleansing waters of our Savior. Come as you are. And so Peter comes to visit Paul as he's raising up this church in the region of Galatia. And he writes this, But when Peter came to Antioch, I had to oppose him to his face. For what he did was very wrong. When he first arrived, he ate with the Gentile believers who were not circumcised. But afterward, when some friends of James came, Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles anymore. Here's the people pleasing. He was afraid of criticism from these people who insisted on the necessity of circumcision. As a result, other Jewish believers followed Peter's hypocrisy, and even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. And so this is a wild moment of confrontation between two pillars in the church. There's Peter 
Remember, Peter walked with Jesus. He was in the inner circle with Jesus. The three, he saw the transfiguration. He was in the garden of Gethsemane with Jesus when he was struggling before dying on the cross. And Jesus says, who do you say I am? It's Peter says, you are the Christ, the Lord. And then Jesus says, upon this rock, I will build my church. Do you remember that? This is Peter. The Catholic church would call him the first pope. This is Peter. And Paul is opposing him, calling him a hypocrite. And he's confronting him publicly. And this is so wild. Peter is the same one who's with Jesus, walking with him. But remember when Jesus is on the cross and then this little girl approaches him and says, hey, weren't you the one following this Messiah, this carpenter? And what does Peter do? He denies Jesus. But then Jesus restores him. Hey, Peter, if you... Love me, feed my sheep. Remember three times? He denied Jesus three times, but then Jesus gives him redemption with three questions. Do you love me? Okay, then feed my sheep. Do you love me? So Peter has this history of denying people, betraying people, and here it kind of repeats again. Peter is eating with the Gentiles. I mean, and he's having a good time because when you eat with the Gentiles, you don't have to eat just the Jewish kosher food. I'm talking lobster. Yeah. I'm talking shellfish. Can I get a good amen? Yeah. I'm talking some abajit meat, some pork. This is a good meal. And so he's eating with these Gentiles. And like, oh man, I love hanging out with my uncircumcised friends. This is the best. That's just table talk. But then the brother of Jesus, James, comes, and they have some Jewish believers. And now Peter's like, oh, I don't want to be seen with these people. And he refuses to eat with the Gentile Christians. He rejects them. He's afraid of the Jewish Christians. And so he betrays all these people. And Paul's like, what are you doing? Don't you remember in Acts 10 when you were praying and you had a vision from the Lord and the Lord said you can eat any food you want and then Peter said, hey, I've never eaten anything unclean from my youth and then Jesus in a vision says don't call unclean what I've made clean and he realizes this is a vision saying that Jews and Gentiles can worship together and in fact in Acts 10, 9, he said to them, this is Peter talking, you are well aware that is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. This is Peter talking. But God, God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So when I was sent, I came without raising any objection. This same Peter now refuses to eat with the Gentiles because of his fear of the Jewish Christians. He falls into this people-pleasing mindset. And from this, I think we need to take heed and learn some important lessons. And so the first thing I want to share from this is this. And this is a reality that we can all learn. Number one, if we're not careful, our addiction to approval will replace our call to Christ. People-pleasing is a trap. And for those who try to please everyone, end up pleasing no one. Can I just give you some sort of relief and permission to realize not everybody is going to like you? Not everybody is going to like what you do. Sometimes they all see the shooting star at the same time and you don't. 
You can try to please everyone, but you'll end up pleasing no one. You have the permission to not be liked by everybody. And sometimes this is hard for us, and we think people-pleasing is innocent. I just want to be nice. I don't want to rock the boat. And maybe Peter felt that way. But it's not so innocent because he almost sabotaged the entire faith that we carry today. I mean, Peter was the leader of the church. He had spent time with Jesus, and he had let this sin of racism enter into the early moments of the gospel. Could you imagine if Paul didn't confront him in this letter? What would the church look like today? Anybody not Jewish here? Everybody but Amy? She would be the only one at Camp Caleb's. She'd literally be making melodies only in her heart. That would have been the reality. Peter almost made it impossible for all of us to be here today because of an innocent moment of people-pleasing. But it's not so innocent. It destroys ourselves. It destroys his command from God to bring Jews and Gentiles together. God spoke to him, but because of his fear of the Jewish believers, he almost gave it all up. You know, when it comes to confrontation, some of us go into fight mode where we rise up. Some of us go into flight mode where we run away from the challenges. But there's a third thing. Some of us go into what's called fawning. Have you ever heard of that? There's fight, flight, and fawning. And that's where I don't want to run away from you. I don't want to fight you. So I'm just going to pretend to like everything that you like so that I don't make you uncomfortable. You become the spirit of Julia Roberts and Runaway Bride. What a dangerous spirit. And you just like how this person does their eggs, so you make eggs like them. You like this sport, so you do their sports. Or Their faith is being challenged, or they're questioning God, so you want to question God too, just so you fit in with the group. But these innocent moments of people-pleasing aren't that innocent. I want to challenge you today. Don't Betray God to fit in with humans. It's a trap. And it can look innocent. When Pastor Amritha and I first got married, uh, she had a job. She was doing math in a basement. Lord help us all. The Jeevas are not known for our math abilities. And so I don't know how they hired you for that. And they had you do math with a pencil and a paper. I don't even know how you got that job. I mean, you're not... Lizzie. (laughs) For those of us who are unaware, last night we learned that in 2018, this is a true story, Lizzie was declared the champion of math in the nation of Honduras. (laughs) Praise God. We were never declared the champions of math in any place or time. So she gets this job. We're freshly married. She's getting a salary. We, uh, I'm in ministry, not making a ton of money. And so we had no kids. We're dual income, no kids. So Dink's, it was awesome. A setup for pickleball. And uh, Dink is a terminology from that. And uh, she says, hey, Pradeepin, I know we're freshly married. We're trying to save up money. We have all these student loan debts. But I, I feel like the Lord has called me to join a, 
uh, a ministry overseas in Burma and Cambodia and Thailand. And I'll, I'll still live here, but I'll travel back and forth. The only catch is they're not going to pay me. I'm like, what kind of job is that? <laughs> the math doesn't add up. <laughs> she says I have to fund it. <laughs> Yeah. Good at math. yeah, now I'm gonna. I was, yeah, all of a sudden I became good at math. <laughs> and she said, I, I have to fundraise all my own money. Yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> and uh, she says, I feel like the Lord's called me to do this. From young age, I've sensed a call to ministry. I feel like this is my purpose. This is what I have to do. I want to pour myself out on behalf of others in the name of the Lord. And I said, I, we can't afford it. We can't do it. She said, I feel like the Lord is calling me to do this. So we prayed, and I was pressuring her to run from the call, run towards the finances, give me some stability, not go to Asia, stay with me in Michigan. But eventually, she said, I I feel like I'm called to do this, and we prayed together, and as a family, we decided, okay, you'll follow the call. I put a lot of pressure on her to not follow the call, but she never gave in. She said, I'm going to pursue God and where he has me. And I'm proud of her for that. But how many of us would give in to the temptation to people please? To do the logical thing instead of the faith thing. And then maybe it was logical for Paul to just ignore this moment, but he didn't. Maybe it was logical for Peter to separate, but it wasn't what God called him to do. And so he chose to Follow God's call. And I don't know. A lot of us will give up the calling God has on our life to please people around us. But those people don't care about you as much as God cares about you. And you have to care for your calling more than other people care for your calling. Because at the end of the day, it's between you and God and whether you follow his direction for your life or not. It's hard to be a follower of Jesus. But what's the alternative? Following the crowd into death? Pleasing others until you don't know who you are anymore. Pleasing your boss at work, but abandoning Jesus in the meanwhile. Pleasing your friends group, but not living for the pleasure of the one who saves us. Being ashamed of Jesus to fit in with your family. I don't think that's the calling of our life. So I want to challenge you in your attempt to be addicted to approval. Don't compromise your call to Christ. Second thing I'm seeing in this passage in Galatians is this. No leader is above confrontation and correction. I mean, Peter walked with Jesus. Peter knew better. But Paul had the courage to confront him. Verse 14. When I saw that they were not following the truth of the gospel message, this is Paul writing. This was Paul who never walked with Jesus personally. I wonder if Paul felt like an imposter. I never walked with Jesus. What if people don't trust my vision of God? What if they don't accept me? Remember, Paul used to kill Christians. He overseed persecution. And I wonder if he felt like an imposter. But he saw this injustice in the church. And he says, when I saw that they were not following the truth of the gospel message, I said to Peter in front of all the others, since you, a Jew by birth, have discarded the Jewish laws and are living like a gentle... Gentile, remember, he was eating lobster with them the other day. He wasn't following the traditions of the Jewish people, but when they showed up, he pretended like he was. Hey guys, look at me, I'm circumcised too. 
Then he says, why are you now trying to make these Gentiles follow the Jewish traditions? And so Paul confronts Peter. And I know many of us have looked up to spiritual leaders. We followed their lead, but time and time again, we've been disappointed when a moral scandal comes or when leadership becomes abusive or when things go astray. And I think there's a spiritual truth we ought to pay attention to. Nobody, even if they have a great position, even if they're a talented communicator, nobody is above confrontation and correction. I've realized as a pastor that a lot of leaders who are greater than me have fallen to sin. Greater people than me fall all the time. And sometimes as leaders, we can surround ourselves with yes people, people that won't tell us we're wrong, people that won't tell us we're going in the different direction, but I praise God for all the people who have confronted me at Kalos Church. I praise God for the hard questions where the people didn't just let me walk astray or walk away from my calling, ignore the word of God, but said, hey, we can do better. We can do this. And I'm not saying speaking truth without love. I'm not saying speaking truth without order. But at some point, we got to speak truth to even those who are in positions of leadership and power. And I just want to tell you, don't idolize me because I have a microphone. Because those you idolize, you'll eventually demonize. If you put your faith in a person, they're going to let you down every single time. But if you put your faith in Jesus, he will never fail you. He will never disappoint you. And so we are a multi-voice community where we can only say, hey, follow me as I follow Christ. But the moment I stop following Christ, stop following me. Go to Jesus. And so Paul confronted Peter even though he was Peter. He didn't put him on a pedestal. He took a stand. And I've realized if you don't stand for something, you will fall for anything. And so you have to realize I'm standing, I'm building my life on the firm foundation, not the sinking sand of cultural trends, not leaders, but the word of God. I am following Jesus. And so Peter abandons the Gentiles to please the Jewish leaders. And I'm so glad Paul confronted him. You know, when we moved here from Michigan in 2017 to start Kalos Church, we went to this pastor's conference, ministry conference, all these leaders who wanted to learn more about how to be better, effective leaders. And I, I was with a group of people who had moved here from across the nation. Some people we met in Washington who wanted us to help the church. They were sacrificially laying down their lives to help us move forward in the dream and the vision God has called us to do. And so we're at this conference, and I get invited to the green room, y'all green room place with a great buffet fancy drinks talking with the big stage leaders there names that we all know I'm feeling pretty good new to the area nobody knows me and man I got invited to the green room I got cushioned chairs (laughs) the only thing is they didn't allow the rest of the team in the green room So we traveled like an hour and a half to go to this conference. People had taken time off of work, made a sacrifice. And I said, hey, you guys, just wait for me in the foyer for an hour. I didn't want to disappoint the leaders who invited me into the green room. 
I felt the social pressure. But in order to please these leaders, who I didn't really even know, I had to abandon the people who had chosen to follow me. So I go into the green room, and I, I'm feeling guilty the whole time, but I'm also making some great connections. It feels great. And uh, guess who didn't go in the green room? Pastor Amrita. She said, hey, you jerk, I'm going to stay with the people I love. Okay? And so I, I remember coming out of the green room, seeing the look from Amrita. Like, you prideful idiot. And I just felt so ashamed. I felt gross. I felt ugly. Like, why did I do this? I just, I just didn't like that feeling. And it was honestly a, one of the biggest ministry regrets I've ever had. But it was, that, it was that temptation, you know, to please these people at the expense of the people God had called me to. And I'm so glad, though, that Amritha stuck with the people and then confronted me and said, hey, let's not do that. Let's not have a green room culture at Kalos Church. Let's just not, you know, separate people. Let's be part of the people. We're one body in Christ. Amen. Amen. But I, I make mistakes and I need to be confronted and so do you. And I'm so thankful for people like Paul who have the hard conversations. And I want to encourage you, don't put humans on pedestals. Don't compromise your call to please these people. Follow Christ. Let him be your example. Third lesson I'm seeing in Galatians here is this. Spend more time saying yes to Jesus than no to temptations. Peter was uh, focused on self-preservation. But Paul was focused on self-crucifixion. I believe that we need to be crucified with Christ so that we can live with Christ. And so how could Paul confront Peter? Where did he get that confidence to not fall into this people-pleasing trap? Well, I believe that Paul was already dead. And I've learned this lesson. It's hard to kill a dead person. It's hard to kill a dead person. He died before he died. Let's read in verse 19. For when I tried to keep the law, and Paul's explaining to these people, like, hey, the law pointed out how we all have sinned, the Old Testament Jewish law, how we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And so I, I realized I can't please this. I can't please this people. And so I'm, I'm living for Christ. He says, for when I tried to keep the law, it condemned me. So I died to the law. I stopped trying to meet all of its requirements so that I might live for God. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless, for if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. In the band, you can come up. But why wasn't Paul falling into this trap of people-pleasing? It's because I believe that he had already died. He already realized, I couldn't please this law. I couldn't please all the standards of the people around me. The only thing I can do is just let myself die so that I can be raised with Christ. Paul says, I don't live for approval, but I live from approval that I have from my heavenly Father. I'm already dead, so I don't care if you don't like me. You know, on camping day one, we came here and all of us were like, 
I wonder if my hair looks good. I wonder if my breath smells good. But by day three, you're like, I'm a dead person. I look dead. I smell dead. I act dead. I'm not impressing anybody. I may be the best mathematician in a whole nation, but as I am right now, I'm not impressing anybody. Can I get a good amen? And so (laughs) we know we're not making a great impression, and so we can simply be who we are. Hey, you, you heard my kid crying in the tent last night. You heard me lose it with my spouse. You saw me secretly trying to change and you saw parts of my body nobody should see. (laughs) You saw me hiding in the 90 degree pool and afraid to get out because of the cold weather. And you're like, "I, I, I don't look good, I don't smell good, I'm not acting good, but I feel accepted, I'm with my people. And if you can't see me and handle me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. I was born original and I'm not going to die a copy because I'm living from approval and not for approval. So smell my breath. And so Paul's saying here, like, I've been crucified with Christ. I tried pleasing the law. I tried following all of these requirements and I failed and failed and failed and failed and failed. But in that, I was able to die and I discovered the mystery of the gospel. From death comes life. And for some of us, we fall into this people-pleasing trap and it's destroyed ourselves. It's destroyed the community around us. But when we say, God loves me, he accepts me. And when the devil tries to remind us of how we fail, we say, yeah, I failed. But guess what? You're preaching the first half of the gospel. Because when I'm weak, I am strong. Because when I die, I experience the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. So devil, yeah, remind me of my failures all you want because that points to the one who's rescued me and saved me. And it's beautiful. I'm not living for approval, but from approval. And that's the message of the gospel. And I think that's how Paul was avoiding the people-pleasing trap. So yeah, the part of the good news is not everybody's going to like you. Part of the good news is you are a failure. Part of the good news is we've made mistakes, but guess what? That's not how God sees us. He sees us as he sees Jesus. It's not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. You know, when we first started this church, I met with this pastor who grew a huge church. Thousands and thousands of people. And I said, how did you do this? He said, Pradeepan, if you want to grow a big church, just tell people what they want to hear. Tell people what they already believe. And he did that. And he grew the church to thousands of people, one of the fastest growing churches in all of America. But eventually, he started following the crowd instead of leading the crowd. He started trying to live to please the crowd instead of pleasing God. And to this day, he doesn't follow Jesus at all. And thousands of people have been hurt and left 
because he was building this on the foundation of pleasing people. Yes. That doesn't last. No. Trends come and go. Fads come and go. Political cycles come and go. Dances on TikTok, thank the Lord, come and go. <laughs> but Christ is a firm foundation. Yes. And so I will not live to please people like me, bosses like me, family members like me, but I will live for the one who's the beginning and the end. I will live for the one who truly loves me, who doesn't just know me, who doesn't just love me. He knows me, but he doesn't reject me. He knows me and he still loves me day in and day out. And so I have a question for you. Who are you living for? Are you living to impress people? Or are you living from the approval of God? Where is your foundation? When you're pressed, when you're tempted to compromise your call, when you're tempted to compromise your character, remember, God loves you. He has good plans for you. You don't have to live for the approval of others, but you can live for Christ. And so I want to challenge all of us. Would we live for the pleasure of God and not the pleasure of humans? Let's stand up to our feet. And I want to pray that we would be delivered from the trap of the fear of man. That we would be freed from the trap of being people pleasers. I pray that we'd be freed from the addiction for approval, the addiction for external validation. But Lord, we would allow ourselves to be crucified with you, Christ. You took shame upon the cross. You were exposed. You were vulnerable. You were beaten to the point of weakness and agony. But in that, you reveal the greatest mystery, that from death comes life. And so we can simply come as we are and live as Christ. Can we just close our eyes? If that's your prayer and you're saying, I need to be delivered from being a people pleaser, would you just lift up your hand right now? I need to be delivered from people pleasing. I need to stop compromising my character. I need to stop compromising my call to Christ so I can simply follow Christ. People will let me down. Leaders will let me down. Pastors will let me down. Churches will let me down. Organizations will let me down. Governments will let me down. Family will let me down. But Jesus Christ will never let me down. You are a firm foundation. We set our eyes on you. Lord, we don't live for the approval of humans, but for the approval of God. Thank you so much for joining us at the Kalos Church Podcast. Hey, we would actually love to see you in person, and we meet at 9.45 and 11.30 every Sunday in Bellevue. If you're interested, you can just go to www.kalos.church. All the information you need is there. And we hope to see you there. Thanks again for joining us at the Kalos Church Podcast.